Guys, it is freezing here. <laughs> All right. I remember last episode when we started doing Pigskin Frenzy on this past Thursday's, uh, this past Thursday's episode, doing the Super Wildcard uh, Frenzy episode for NFL Day. I said that this was going to be a very freezing weekend going into next week. It was going to be absolutely just frigid cold, and it is. It's currently where I'm at five degrees, and I'm wearing this big old, you know, big hoodie here, uh, Columbia hoodie right here, in case you don't don't see me on, you know, YouTube, but it's it's freezing. It is absolutely freezing. I'm cold, but guess what? Just because you're cold doesn't mean you don't go to work on Tuesday and Thursdays, right? It means you keep pushing through, you keep staying the course, you saw what I did there, and you keep on pushing through. Guys, it is freezing, but that's not going to stop us from doing Pigskin Frenzy. Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this very frigidly, dangerously cold Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris, and whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Podbean, listening on Apple, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Same thing for Podbean and the same thing for Apple. Instagram, X, and Facebook, we're on there. All you got to do is just type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow, like the pages there. You'll get episode updates. You will get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. There is a trivia question on today's Instagram story. Go and answer today's college football question, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, as many of you know, we were supposed to do a Q&A postseason 2023 college football Q&A. And we are going to do that. We're doing it next Tuesday instead of today. Today, we are going to dedicate this episode to the greatest coach of all time in college football history, the GOAT, head coach Nick Saban. He recently retired, and we are going to honor him by doing this episode today. We're going to talk about his greatest accolades, his moments as head coach, some of the most memorial games he's been in. We're going to talk about everything Nick Saban has accomplished. We're going to talk about how he's impacted the game of college football as well as a little bit of a side note to conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy, the future of Alabama football and their new head coach. You already know who he is. You already already know who we're going to talk about. But I'm just letting you know, before we talk about it, that's what we're going to be doing. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Keep plugging in on Pigskin Frenzy there. Leave comments down below. Um, Subscribe and like each episode. Podbean, Apple, Spotify, just share around with others. Keep plugging in on there as well. We are almost to 3,000 listeners on, you know, on audio. And by the way, that's a big accomplishment. We are almost there. It's a big accomplishment when you just started almost a year ago. And it takes, you know, quite a while to build up your listeners when you lose, when you don't have any listeners and when you build up all your listeners. We're about to be at 3,000. That's incredible. Big thank you and shout out there. And just keep plugging. If you want to talk to me, ask questions, keep plugging to me on X, Instagram, and Facebook for all things Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, news broke last Tuesday and last week, uh, or last Wednesday, my bad, last Wednesday before we were doing the, the NFL episode of Pigskin Frenzy, that Nick Saban, the Alabama head coach, legendary Alabama head coach, had retired from coaching and had retired at the University of Alabama. And the thing is, everyone's thinking, oh, dude, he's 72 years old. It doesn't matter if he's 72 years old. He can still coach at 72 years old. He is the greatest coach to ever do it. 
And when you look at it, it comes as a big shock around everybody. Everybody else, you know, years ago was probably thinking, yes, yes, Nick Saban's retiring. He's gone. But those same people that listened to, saw and heard the news that he retired, they were like, he's retiring. Oh. And they were disappointed. Because it's like, now what? You know what I mean? Now who are we gonna who, now who are we gonna root, you know, root against? You know, now who what are we gonna do? You know, when, when Nick Saban was the guy to root against, and it was fun competing against him, and it was fun to try to get that challenge of beating Nick Saban and beating Alabama. Now what? Right? And, and that was the that was the question about everything. Now what? And he's retired. He is he is no doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, the greatest college football coach of all time. And it's a personal, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a story for me. Um, Nick Saban came in, and just to recap the history of Nick Saban, he came in at Alabama. Well, let's just start off with this. He coached at Michigan State when, when I was, before I was even born. And not only that, before, you know, I was, I mean, up until I was born, I'm 23 years old, guys. This year I'll be 22. I'll be 24 this year. So you're thinking, are you serious? Really? Yeah, uh, 24. Uh, but going on 24 in September and doing a podcast, right? So uh, before I was even born, a year before I was even born, he was at Michigan State. He then took the head coaching job at LSU. But when I was born, he was the head coach at LSU. Up until I was four years old, he then went to pursue the NFL because the NFL called him. He went to pursue the NFL for uh, two years in, as the Miami Dolphins head coach. He then, when I was seven years old, or going you know, when I was six years old, took on the job as Alabama head coach from uh, early 2007 or late 2007 to you know. 2020 to you know into 2023 early 2024 right till now so when i was little uh i started watching football around i was around eight years old and i've always wanted to do this um and the thing about this is guys like Nick Saban were the reason why i wanted to do sports broadcasting to talk about football because he made the sport fun he grew the sport now 2008 is when I started watching it. I immediately became an LSU fan because my brother was an LSU fan. So uh, now I'm just a podcast host, guys. But, uh, you know, go Tigers out there. So when you look at, you know, when you look at what happened, Nick Saban joins Alabama. Uh, my dad was a super notorious Alabama fan. And this is just a story for me. I'm not trying to ramble, but this is just a story, you know, for the show, an interesting story for the show as we're dedicating this episode to Nick Saban. My dad, notorious Alabama fan, still is. Uh, he he always asks me what's going on and wants me wants to know what's happening in, in the sport because, you know, of me doing this. So notorious Bama fan. He still loves him to this day. Uh, was sad that Saban retired, but I remember well, first year they played Florida in 08. He was watching it. Florida beat him, and he said, uh, "Now, as a as a fan, I want their mission to go back and to beat Florida in the SEC championship next year." Uh, and what did Alabama do? They worked. They went to work. Uh, they won the West again, 
And not only that, they went against Florida and not only beat Florida, they blew him out in the SEC championship in his third season in Alabama or yeah, third season in Alabama, Nick Saban. Not only this, his second season in Alabama, they go to the SEC championship. His third season, they go to the SEC championship and win the SEC championship and defeat Florida. They go to Pasadena and go to the national championship in the Rose Bowl against Texas, against Colt McCoy's Texas Longhorns and Mac Brown's Texas Longhorns. And they went and Nick Saban got the win over Texas and he won his first national championship at Alabama. He won one at LSU. He won his second at Alabama, which is his first at Alabama. And my dad literally close to tears in his eyes says, we're back. We're back. And he does because, and and that's just the start of it because they were back. Before Nick Saban got there, Alabama was 18 years of downhill spiral after, after Bear Bryant and Gene Stallings left. It was down uh, 15, 16 seasons of downhill spiral for Alabama. And then after that, he came and saw he conquered. He won his first national championship, lost in, 2020, lost in 2010, uh, 2011, beat LSU in the national championship after a, you know, triumphant, you know, game in back in November, nine to six, when LSU prevailed over Alabama. They go to the national championship in 2011, beat LSU in 2011, 2012. They go back-to-back national champions in Miami and beat Notre Dame. They took it took, took a little bit because they lost to Auburn 2013. They go to the playoff, the first ever playoff semifinal in 2014, lost to Ohio State, who was then the eventual national champion. 2015, going into 2016, they beat Clemson, uh, lost the next year in the national championship against or lost the national championship against Clemson the next year. 2017, they beat ended up beating Georgia. In or you know beating Georgia in the national championship, and then lost to Clemson in that national championship the next year, 2020 they go back during the COVID year, beat Ohio State in the national championship, and that was Nick Saban's last ever national title, seven national championships. He has eclipsed Paul Bear Bryant as he had six. Nick Saban has seven. Let's look at the accolades going as as we just talk about it. Let's look at the accolades that Nick Saban has done in college football. <coughs> Because, guys, it is impressive what he has done. Because nobody has done what he has done. Absolutely nobody. As a guy who wasn't a fan of, as I wasn't a fan of Alabama and everybody, as, as a, not, not a fan of Alabama growing up, he is still the greatest college football coach to ever done it. Let's look at the accolades, and then let's look at some of his top moments here. Uh, this is not going to be a too long of an episode of Pigskin Frenzy. I'm not going to be in an hour. Or, but, I mean... We're gonna we're gonna talk about Nick Saban and gather our thoughts on what's happening here because this is big. Last week, the greatest of all time just retired and it has now shifted the whole sport. Welcome to the new era of college football, ladies and gentlemen. Seven national titles, like I just mentioned, most by any coach in college football history. This is per SEC Network and ESPN. Um, most by any coach in college football history. This is by the numbers. Only coach to win a national championship in three different decades. Now, let me tell you something. Three different decades. He has won it in the early 2000s, the 2010s, and the 2020s. Three 
different decades. The only coach in college football history to ever do that. That's impressive, ladies and gentlemen. That is very impressive. Next up, never had a losing season in his college football coaching career. Never has had a losing season. Even when he first started coaching at Alabama, that was not a losing season. It was to, to Alabama standards now it's a losing season. I mean, seven and six, but he he never he had never had a losing season in his coaching career. Never in his college football coaching career. The only coaching, the only losing seasons he's had were in the NFL, but never in his college football coaching career. It's unbelievable. He has won double digit win games each and every season. Even this season, they went twelve and two before he before he before he called it a day. I mean, it's it's it's, un- think, it's it's unprecedented to think like that. I don't think anybody, any coach in college football right now has done that yet. Has had a, has not had a you know a losing season throughout his whole career. At least a college football coach has had at least maybe one, right? So it's unbelievable. Only coach in SEC history with multiple Heisman winners. Those multiple Heisman winners were Mark Ingram back in 2009, uh, Derek Henry back in 2015, Devontae Smith, wide receiver Devontae Smith back in 2020. Uh, the second, the, uh, one of the only, the first ever non-quarterback to win the trophy. Probably, I would say, since Derek Henry. Since Derek Henry. And then quarterback, 2021 Heisman winner, quarterback Bryce Young, the most recent Heisman winner, and last year's number one overall draft pick to the Carolina Panthers. The only coach in SEC history with multiple Heisman Trophy winners. Unbelievable. 49 first-round NFL draft picks. That is the most by any coach in college football history. 49 first-round NFL draft picks, and those include Will Anderson recently, linebacker Will Anderson of the Houston Texans, quarterback, number one overall quarterback, his first ever number one overall player in the NFL draft, Bryce Young going to the Carolina Panthers, Mark Ingram, he went to the Saints, Trent Richardson, uh, I mean, Courtney Upshaw, uh, I mean, you can go, the list goes on, Drake or Patrick, the list goes on for Alabama. 49 first-round NFL draft picks, by Nick Saban, most by any coach in NFL and in college football history. Another accolade, most by any coach in college football history, 16 straight 10, 10 win seasons. 16 straight 10 win seasons. He's been there for 17 years. He only had one non 10 win season, and that was his first season. 16 straight 10 win seasons. That is incredible. It's, it's mind blowing to think how, how perfect and how great that is. In the 16 out of 17 years he's been there, he has had 16 straight 10 wins seasons. He has had double-digit win seasons every time he has been there. The thing about Nick Saban is it's so good about it is there have been coaches that have come and gone, and he has still been there winning national titles. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Another one. Most by any coach in college football history, 109 weeks ranked number one in the AP poll. Number one ranked in the AP poll, 109 weeks ranked. That is the most by any coach in college football history. You're going to be hearing that a lot, most by any coach in college football history, because there is, there's, there's quite, I mean, I'll get to that in a minute. I'll get to what I was going to say in a minute. I'll do it. I can cl- conclude that in the end. 104 wins versus AP ranked opponents. That is most by any coach in college football history. And last but not least, nine wins over AP number one teams. That is the most by any coach in college football history. 
when you are looking and thinking, you're, you're saying that a lot, most by any coach in college football history. Because quite frankly, what I was going to say just a minute ago was, there's quite no one like Nick Saban. Just think about it. There's n- nobody in college football like Nick Saban. There's probably not going to be another Nick Saban. There won't be another Nick Saban. He's the greatest coach to ever do it. And all those accolades that he's got in numbers that he that, that proves that he's a legend. Not only a legend in this game, and he's the GOAT, that he is the greatest coach to ever do this, hands down. And when you look at, you know, everything that has come and gone, there's one thing that's remained, and that was Nick Saban winning at Alabama and, and building Alabama to what it is uh, and what he has done to build the program up, revive the program up again. That was once going going uh, going astray after Bear Bryant and Gene Stallings left. Okay, so uh, what he has done is probably unprecedented and probably won't happen again, especially in this time in college football. Some of his greatest moments, and I think some of his greatest moments include press conferences. When you look at what he was, he was a funny coach. He was a, a hilarious coach, but he was a stern coach. What he, what he wanted was to win the game. Right, he wanted to win. When coaches, when when media would ask him, in, 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 in these are some of his moments that he would do in press conferences and in, 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 in pregame pressers before he would go. The coach would get up against an LSU or an Ole Miss. They would ask uh, questions that would just absolutely set him off. There was a few things that Nick Saban did not like, and that was um, that was. Questions that were obvious, and there were questions that were, you know, speculative, like just speculative and speculation. He was never about speculation. He was never about, you know, predicting and looking into it. And he didn't look into the future. He was always about focusing on the game ahead. And, and some of those moments include uh, rat poison. That was one of my. That was probably my top moment as a as you know as a fan watching the sport and uh, just listening to him. You know, at the as a post game presser. You know, against A and M. You know, rat poison. Talking about talking about you know you know people feeding into stuff and just buying into it. And it was rat poison, right? It was just. You know, it's, it's quite remarkable because a lot of people nowadays, including Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin, use the word rat poison. It's hilarious. Uh, it was one of my favorite moments that Nick Saban presented, uh, you know, as the Alabama's head coach. Not only that, um, some of his moments about him being fired up, about, you know, trying to win the game and, you know, just, uh, you know, saying, you know, I can't really say it on here because – you know, families watching and everything, but, uh, <coughs> excuse me, talking about, you know, playing and how, you know, they were getting ran on through a tune horn, you know, and, uh, we can't say the words on this show, but that was a, another one of my favorite moments when he blew up, uh, talking about, you know, <clears throat> how they could not stop anything and how, when they need to adjust that. And when people ask questions on what to do and how to be speculative about it, it, it kind of makes them mad. And there's quite enough, some of those moments right there that are just made Nick Saban. Uh, an infamous moment from Nick Saban was when Maria Taylor was interviewing him post game and they were deciding who was going to start. It was the next season after the national championship going, it was 28 going into 2018. And it was uh, after their opening win, uh, Maria Taylor was asking Nick Saban who was the starting quarterback. Was it Tua Tungavailoa or Jalen Hurts? And Saban kind of blew up and said, 
Uh, he was not going to name another. Not, everyone wants to been asking him about that, and I asked him who's going to be who, how he was going to name the starter and who was going to be the starting quarterback. He said they, they are they're asking him if he's going to name it. He said he's not going to. So quit asking. That was a moment right there where it's become a meme <laughs> in society. It's become a gif in society, and when you look at, you know, when you look at it. Uh, overall, he did apologize to Maria Taylor after that because he Maria Taylor would look quite uncomfortable after she asked him that question. He she finished the interview. He was real, just kind of disgruntled, kind of aggravated about it, and uh, he eventually did issue a formal apology to Maria Taylor and against PN after that. And he uh, they they all was forgiven. They made up. Everything's good between the two. But he wanted to, you know. He just was was upset about it. He was upset, and he he was just did not like the speculative answers. He did not like, you know, the same things being asked about you know who was going to be the quarterback, who was going to be the quarterback between the two, because it's all speculation. And he did not he didn't like he wasn't about that. So that was one of the top moments in my book for Nick Saban, and just because of you know of how of, of headlines that he drew uh, because some of the moments that he drew were headline moments. And uh, there's never going to be a coach, you know, who would do, I mean, there's a lot of coaches who do make headline moments, that, that, but don't make multiple headline moments. That is not essential in the game of headline moments. That was Nick Saban. So uh, those are some of his, some of my top moments of Nick Saban uh, as we move on here, and not only for Nick Saban, let's talk about uh, some more memorable games he's been in. Let's talk about in 2012 with against LSU. Uh, that was a more that was a memorable game. Uh, LSU was winning that game. It was 20. It was about what 27 or 21. Uh, it was 17, 14. LSU was up by three. AJ McCarron. Uh, they, they were going down the field, and quarterback A.J. McCarron threw it to Kenyon Drake, a scr- uh, screen pass. LSU blitzed on defense. He threw right into the blitz. Kenyon Drake ran it in for, uh, you know, uh, tossed, ran it in for a touchdown, and Alabama ended up winning the game 21-17 in 2012 in a highly anticipated rematch for the national championship that season or after that season uh, going into 2012. Alabama ended up pulling out the win in Baton Rouge, and beating LSU 21-17. Another memorable game. How about the national championship uh, of the 2017 season going on in 2018? Alabama and Georgia. Kirby Smart's first national championship appearance as a college, as a head coach for the Georgia Bulldogs. It was a memorable game. Uh, they went on to play each other in the 2021 going on 2022 national championship game where Georgia overcame the odds and defeated Alabama 30 uh, I think it was about 34, 34, 18, 34, 18 or 31-18 was Georgia beating Alabama or 34-18 beating, you know, Alabama. So looking at that game and looking at the national championship beforehand, first appearance in 2017 for Georgia for Kirby Smart in Georgia. Alabama was in it at all SEC national championship once again. And not only that, he ended up, it was a close game. Georgia was winning in the first half, dominating on all aspects of the ball. And then Alabama marched back. Tua Tungavailoa came in late because Jalen Hurts was struggling. Tua Tungavailoa came in and ended up marching them down to a comeback. It was second in 25. Second in 25. And all of a sudden, Tua Tungavailoa throws a dart. La- uh, you know, last, or last second of the game. 
touchdown or overtime of the game, touchdown to Devontae Smith, throws a dart, and Alabama wins the game and wins the national championship in a comeback national championship performance by Tua Tungavailoa, Nick Saban, and Alabama. An awesome game, a memorable game looking at it. And those are some two highlight wins. I'll even go another highlight win for him and a memorable game for him. The national championship, his first one in Alabama. I remember watching that where my dad did tear up and say, we're back. We're back. Marcel Darius was a key was a key component in that game on D-line. All over Colt McCoy, all over Garrett Gilbert, all over Texas. And Alabama, Mark Ingram was a, a force to be reckoned with on, with on offense. Alabama wins in 2009, going on 2010. National championship uh, in Pasadena, his first national championship uh, at Alabama. And that was a memorable win for him, a memorable game that I watched when I was a little boy uh, growing up as a football fan. So those are some memorable games, some memorable wins. He's also been a part of some memorable losses that we won't forget. Uh, One of them was the kick six in the Iron Bowl in 2013. Uh, It was a close game. Uh, It was, I think it was Cade Foster. Not, he did not have the leg. Uh, He was kicking it on the way. No, did not have the leg. Chris Davis returned it back and returned it all the way for a touchdown. Everyone thought it was gonna, he was going to be tackled. Going in, <clears throat> excuse me, going into overtime in in Auburn at Auburn, and it did not work out. And it ended up being ran back for a kick six touchdown, Alabama. I watched that when I was thirteen years old, and as a thirteen year old watching that game and watching Auburn beat Nick Saban in Alabama, you know, going on touchdown, and it was it was just quite incredible, quite incredible. Not only that. Uh, Another memorable loss that we wouldn't forget was uh, was the nine sixth game between LSU and Alabama um, in 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 twenty eleven. And when you look at you know how low scoring that game was, and how deep how how many star studded players were in that game was just quite impressive. There were a lot of first-round draft picks between the two teams in that game. 9-6, defensive battle through the end. Uh, they went into overtime. It was six, uh, th- uh, 3-3 in overtime. Then it goes to 6-6. And then 9-6, LSU ends up winning the game in Tuscaloosa. They went on to the national championship where Bama got his revenge, 21 nothing. That's another thing about Nick Saban. Revenge games, okay? Revenge games. Nick Saban in revenge games did not lose many revenge games. Let me tell you what. Uh, there has only been a couple of handful of times where uh, where he has lost back-to-back seasons to the same team. And uh, it is not many, <laughs> okay? That's how great he is. It wasn't many. Les Miles and LSU did it in 2010 and 2011. Um Hugh Freeze with Ole Miss did it in 2014 and in 2015. Um, and and, and it, there's just not many. There is not many. So uh, props to him and just props to what, you know, what he has done at Alabama. Uh, the assistance that he has given to us in the coaching the coaching tree. When you look at guys like Kirby Smart, obvious one at Georgia, he is now the, the college football king right now. Since Saban is retired, he Kirby Smart's now taking up that mantle. You got Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin at the, at the number two. I mean, you got Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian 
moving to the SEC in 2024. You have guys like Oregon head coach Dan Lanning, who was rumored, who was it was rumored at first to take the head coaching job and replace Alex Nick Saban in Alabama. Uh, he has announced that he is staying at Oregon. So Oregon head coach Dan Lanning. You got Jim McElwain, who is at Central Michigan. Go Chippewas. You have you have Billy Napier at Florida, who is now a head coach. I mean, you had Jimbo Fisher. You had who was an LS who was one of who was as at LSU as offensive coordinator at LSU, <clears throat> and then who went who went then went on to coach at Florida State and replaced Bobby Bowden. Uh, he went who went on to Florida State to be Bobby Bowden's OC, then replaced Bobby Bowden's head coach, then went on to be head coach at Texas A and M. Um, and then you look at Will Muschamp, Will Muschamp, defensive coordinator. He went on. To be, uh, you know, a head coach at Florida and South Carolina, then went on to be more assistants at Auburn. He went on to be an assistant at at now Georgia. So with Kirby Smart, so um, the guy that he coached with at LSU was Kirby Smart was an assistant for Saban at LSU. Um, Mario Cristobal, who coached at Oregon and now is the head coach at Miami, he was a, he was an, a defensive assistant for an offensive assistant for Nick Saban. You got Butch Jones, who went to, who went to coach at Tennessee and now is coaching at Arkansas State. You had Jeremy Pruitt, right? You get the list goes on. Jeremy Pruitt, who was a defensive coordinator at Alabama, who then went on to coach at Tennessee as their head coach. So there's you go on and on about the assistants that he has brought under his wing and and how many people that he has impacted professionally and personally in college football. It's just quite impressive. I mean, there's not going to be much like Nick Saban. And that's the that's the truth of this episode. The bottom line of this episode is this. And now we're going to move toward as how he impacted the game before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy for the future of Alabama. How he impacted the game. And that's, and that's one reason how he impacted the game professionally. He revive careers. Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, to be exact, those are two top guys who he has revived. He has revived those two, in a sense, because uh, Lane Kiffin was fired. He was fired from USC. Did not not know what was going to come out of it. Did not know what was going to happen. But but Nick Saban took a chance. He hired him as Alabama offensive coordinator. Uh, and then he ended up taking the job at FAU, uh, then he ended up taking the job after FAU to Ole Miss, and here we are. He has revived his career, led Ole Miss to its 11-win season, its first 11-win season in their football history. Nick Saban, you look at what Kirby Smart has done. Defensive coordinator, learned from the best for all these years, bide his time. The Georgia job opened up. His alma mater's job opened up. He went back home to be a head coach at Georgia. They hired him. It took him a bit. It took him from, you know, he started in 2014. He's been there for nine to 10 years now. But he it took him about three, maybe three, four seasons, four seasons to make it to the playoff. Georgia did make it to the playoff. They went to the national championship. They lost. But then after that, they were consistently in it. New Year's Six Bowls. Then they went back to the playoffs. And then, not only that, went back to the playoffs, won in the playoffs, won their first national championship in 2021-2022. Then they went back-to-back national champions, just like his old coach Nick Saban did. In 20, and going into 2023, beat TCU 65-7, to put up the largest margin 
of victory in bowl history until that was eclipsed by, guess who, Kirby Smart in Georgia this season in the Orange Bowl against Florida State. Back-to-back national champions. He's won two national championships, had three college ball playoff appearances, multiple New Year's Six Bowl appearances, and that was because of Nick Saban. He's built a, 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 a he's built a, a a powerhouse elite program, number one recruiting classes because of Nick Saban and what he's done for Kirby Smart. And now Kirby Smart in Georgia, it's looking like it's going to be their era since. Of I mean, look at what he's doing there. So look at that. Steve Sarkeesian, for example, let's talk about him. Washington, USC jobs. He ended up, you know, going on a downhill spiral personally. And that's what cost him his job as USC head coach. No one knew what was going to do. No one knew what was going to happen. But he took a chance. He took a chance on Steve Sarkeesian. And he was all about second chances. He took a chance on him. Made him his OC. Ended up leaving for the Texas job after being there for a couple of seasons and leading for the Texas head coaching job and has now led Texas to a, a college football playoff, recruiting at a high level, going to the SEC, ended up beating his old coach, Nick Saban, this past season in Tuscaloosa. <coughs> Excuse me. Nick Saban, Mike Loxley, OC at Alabama and going on in the 2018, going on 2019 season. Led him to a national title. He ended up leaving for the Maryland head coaching job. He's still coaching at Maryland to this day. He's building up solid offenses, and uh, Maryland is something to play against, something to fear against, because Mike Loxley's there. That's all because of Nick Saban. What he has done is never going to be duplicated. He is the greatest. The impact that he's had on the game professionally is bar none. The impact that he's had personally for fans out there is he bring he brought excitement he brought challenges he brought memorable games for everybody to see uh he brought a run that everybody was kind of hating on because they it wanted to they wanted to be where he was but in reality they can't they can't disrespect it they got to respect it for what he's done because there's never going to be anything like him there's never going to be a, uh, a dynasty where he has won seven national championships, where he's won six straight national titles at one school. There's not going to be anything like that. The impact that he has had on the game, uh, per, per, uh, personally, bringing us classics of games, win or lose, is just, you know, it's simply iconic. The, the impact that he's had. And, and it's a tremendous impact. There's never going to be an impact quite like Nick Saban has made on this sport. And for that being said, thank you. And this is going to be our conclusion of talking about Nick Saban now and dedicating this episode of Nick Saban. Uh, we're going to talk about Alabama here in a little bit to conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. But just to say thank you for all the memorable moments that you've given us. Thank you for, uh, you know, I mean, gr- a great, you know, run top for 16 seasons at Alabama and 17 seasons at Alabama. And, and just thank you for a, quite a run that you have done here for college football and presenting us a challenge, a challenging games, presenting us games that, you know, brought us to the edge of our seats. Uh, thank you for presenting us moments and laughable moments that we look and say, hey, there's not going to be another Nick Saban. And there's not going to be another Nick Saban. 
Thank you for everything you've done for college football. Thank you for everything you've done for, I mean, not just Alabama, but for everybody, like people like me who are in covering this sport and was covering football because of people like you making it so entertaining. So thanks to Nick Saban, and we wish him well here at Pigskin Frenzy, the best of all in his endeavors, and we wish him well and, and his wife, Miss Terry, and his family in retirement and wish him well in general. So uh, Nick Saban, the greatest college football coach to ever do it. Now, before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy, let's talk about the future of Alabama football because Alabama was in shambles. I mean, everybody's going to be in shambles when the greatest of all time retires. So when you look at it, when you look at everything, you're thinking, okay, who is going to step up? Who is going to take his place? Because walking in those shoes are going to be kind of hard, right? you would be almost terrified to, to, to follow in the footsteps of greatness like that because there's not going to, you can't replace Nick Saban, okay? Just bottom line, you cannot replace a Nick Saban. However, you can be the best coach that you can be, the best you you can be at Alabama. So they were looking. Dan Lanning was an option. He ended up announcing that he was not going to come back. Then they reversed course to Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin said he was returning to Ole Miss. Scratch that off the board. Then they focused their attention on Florida State head coach Mike Norvell um, and Steve Sarkeesian from Texas. Both of them said, I'm moving to the SEC anyway. Texas, Steve Sarkeesian said, no, I'm going to the SEC anyway. I'm returning at Texas. Mike Norvell said, I'm happy at Florida State. He marked his name off, and he signed an extension with Florida State as well. So sign that extension. Um, when you look at uh, – when you look at – the game itself, um, there was nobody else. So you, you're thinking, okay, there's one name, Washington head coach, Kalen DeBoer. And honestly, he was up there on my list. It was either Dan Lanning, uh, Lane Kiffin, Kalen DeBoer, or Steve Sarkeesian. Those were my names that I had personally had to replace Nick Saban. And I was right on one of them at least. Washington, uh, Alabama has hired Washington head coach Kalen DeBoer as their next head coach. Kalen DeBoer, man. Let's talk about him for a little bit and what he's done. Uh, Kalen DeBoer. And uh, let me get pull up my notes here on Kalen DeBoer. What he's done was incredible. Uh not even just at the NCAA level and what he's done. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, he played, he was a, uh, he played his career at Sioux Falls uh, in North, in South Dakota, Sioux Falls, uh, was a wide receiver in 1996. 1997, he was a wide receivers coach for Sioux Falls, Washington High School. He went as their uh, sports director assistant. He went back to Sioux Falls as their offensive coordinator. And from 05 to 09, he was their head coach. Uh, he went to Southern Illinois offensive coordinator, wide receiver coach. He went to Eastern Michigan as their offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. 2007 and 2018, Fresno State offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. He then went to Indiana. Indiana as their offensive coordinator and quarterback coach in 2019. And then in 2020 to 2021, Fresno State head coach. 2022 and 2023 for the next two years, Washington's head coach, and now going on this season in 2024 in the new era of college football, Alabama's head coach. So from 2019 to now, in 2019, which was like, what, what, five years ago? He was Indiana's offensive coordinator. Now he's Alabama's head coach. That's crazy storytelling right there at its finest in college football. His overall record, he's 104-12. and 
okay? 104 and 12. He's 2 and 1 in bowls, 1 and 1 in the college football playoff, and he's 17 and 2 in NAIA playoffs. He's had three NAIA championships in 2006, 08, and 2009 as Sioux Falls head coach. Uh, GPAC, four time conference champion, 2006, 2009, one time Pac 12 conference champion, the, which is the final Pac 12 championship as we know it, three time. AFCA, NAIA Coach of the Year, 2006, 08, and 09. Three-time NAIA Coach of the Year in 06, 08, and 09. Two-time Pac-12 Coach of the Year from 2022 and 2023, the two years that he was at Washington. The the two-time AP Pac-12 Coach of the Year, the two times he's been there. The Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year Award winner in 2023. The Home Depot Coach of the Year Award winner. The Sporting News Coach of the Year Award winner. The Walter Camp. Coach of the Year and the AP Coach of the Year uh, for all for 2023 this past season. The, the the reigning defending Coach of the Year for this year is Kalen DeBoer from Washington, and they landed him. They landed him to replace. He went 14 and one with Washington and led him to a national championship and a loss against Michigan, which I kind of find funny because Nick Saban Nick Saban's last game as head coach of Alabama he lost to he lost to Washington. He lost that he lost to Michigan. And then they get a guy that also lost to Michigan this season in the national championship, which I thought kind of find kind of funny and unique. But Caitlin DeBoer, nonetheless, is a proven winner. He's a winner everywhere he's been. He has won games everywhere he's been. That's proven track record. He's he is a solid football coach. He is a great hire. Now, I would like to say give him a chance. Now, because the, look, the staff that he's creating there is unbelievable. Uh Washington offensive coordinator. Ryan Grubb is finally a part of the tide. Alabama was gonna was trying to go after him last season. Nick Saban was trying to go after him last season, but he turned the job down to stick with Kalen DeBoer. Now he is in Tuscaloosa. Ryan Grubb is now the new Alabama offensive coordinator under Kalen DeBoer, and they're going to get to work because that offense is going to be solid with Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb there for the 2024 season. That is going to be an excellent staff that he is putting together. Washington wide receiver coach Jamarcus Shepard, he ended up going from Washington to Alabama as their wide receiver coach. The guys who produced Roma Dunsey, Jalen McMillan, and Jalen Polk, guys – who had who have who are now going to the NFL and playing on Sunday? So Jamarcus Shepard and what he is doing there, did at Washington and what he's going to do at Alabama is going to be incredible. He is keeping some guys, running back coach and associate head coach Robert Gillespie, uh, who may become just a running back coach and associate coach may become Ryan Grubb at this point. But Alabama, he's building a staff full of guys that he is retaining from Saban's staff and guys that he is bringing on from his his electrifying Washington staff. Now, defense, we don't know what's going on on the defense side of things with Kalen DeBoer yet, but we're going to find out eventually. So when you look at Kalen DeBoer, what he's building there, one, he's got to re-recruit all the players (laughs) that were coming to play for Nick Saban. Uh, He is doing that now. He's going to have to have a good signing class, a uh, solid signing class and recruit well. He's got to build a staff since he is not familiar with the South just yet. He is not familiar with the SEC recruiting just yet. He's got to build a staff to help him recruit at the highest level in the Southeastern Conference. Those are quite a few things that Kalen DeBoer has to do now that he's Alabama head coach. Now, when you look at Alabama head coach, when you look at Kalen DeBoer, it's not a bad hire, but I'm just going to tell Alabama fans now, he is going to be Kalen DeBoer. He's not going to be Nick Saban. So when he loses some games, when it's a game, when it's a game where 
he is close, but it ends up being a no cigar game. He ends up losing. Do not jump on the oh, let's get rid of Kalen DeBoer train. Okay, let's not get let's not jump on that 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 train just yet. I understand the mentality and I understand the standard that Nick Saban has set for this program. But with Kalen DeBoer now at coach, he is going to do his best to be the the best coach that he can possibly be for this program. But you got to give him time. You got to give him time to recruit the best classes. You got to give him time to build up once again. And you got to give him time to try to go to the playoffs and lead this team to a national championship. Because if Kalen DeBoer, with the staff he's got on offense, an offense like the, he had at Washington, he can bring that to Alabama. And Alabama can go to a national championship and potentially win a national championship with Kalen DeBoer. Why? Because of the talent that Alabama can produce. If he produces talent like he did at Washington and Alabama, they, they could easily go back to the mountaintop and win a national championship with Kalen DeBoer easily. So I, I, what I'm saying is give him time and be patient with him. Now, if he's not producing, right, and they aren't doing what Alabama needs him to do, then I understand that. But right off the bat, if they lose one game or two games, or three games, or four games even, because now we're in a day where Nick Saban is gone, and Alabama may not, may not lose only just two games. They could win, they could lose three or four now, maybe. But who knows? We just don't know yet. But you got to give DeBoer, and you got to give Kalen DeBoer patience, and, and give him some time to work on what he needs to work on as the next head coach of this team. He is seeking counsel from Nick Saban. Saban has an office in Bryant-Denny Stadium that he will come to every now and then, and he will give advice and uh, kind of oversee Kalen DeBoer a little bit and give him some advice on what he has to do with Alabama, right? So be patient with Kalen DeBoer and give him some time. Just give him some time. He's not Nick Saban. Nobody will be Nick Saban. But I'm going to tell you this. Kalen DeBoer is a solid coach, and he will be Kalen DeBoer, and he will be to me, a good fit for Alabama. So the future of Alabama to me looks bright. And I think it's a bright future. I think they're going to be okay. I don't think they're going to go down. Um, I think they're going to be a solid team. And they're going to be a team to look out for when Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb uh, deliver something special on offense. But hopefully, they work on the defensive side of things as well. And Kalen DeBoer produces a fantastic team in 2024 in his first season as Alabama's new head football coach. Guys, that just about does it for Pigskin Frenzy. A big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college ball coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, all you have to do is just you know share around with others and follow on there as well. Instagram, X, and Facebook, all you have to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow, like the pages there. You'll get episode updates. You'll get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You will get trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's college football trivia question, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, we will be back Thursday. We have Super Wild Card Weekend coverage that we are going to get to, uh, and we're going to preview and predict the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. So more games to predict for the NFL playoffs, and we're coming down to the home stretch of the NFL season here shortly. We're going to cover it. We're going to preview and predict it. We're going to talk about who's in and who's out, and we're going to dive deep into the NFL and its news once again, especially when it comes towards playoffs. Playoff football, 
Going to discuss it Thursday. Tune in then. I'm Joel Norris signing off. And uh, once again, congratulations to Nick Saban on a uh, wonderful career. Uh, wishing nothing but the best in his retirement. Good luck to Kalen DeBoer as he takes over at Alabama. Uh, thank you for everything, guys. And for everybody out there, stay the course.